You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Tonight, my guests are Avi Yamini and Drea Humphrey. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as all the other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to premium.rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support the Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Hey, if you thought freedom of the press was under attack in Canada, (laughs) check out the situation on the ground down under, where authorities are using the global pandemic to strip its citizens of their basic rights. And our newest Rebel, Avi Yamini, has the bruises to prove it. Will you hear what Avi has to say? So you would think everybody would be on side when it comes to denouncing pedophiles and human traffickers, Uh, but not so fast. Drea Humphrey was covering a protest against these odious things, but members of the loony left staged a counter protest. Gee, Does that mean they support pedophilia and human trafficking? Drea will try to make sense of it all. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding my most recent visit to the Democratic People's Republic of Brampton, where one shall be arrested for having the temerity to ask questions of the Emperor, Lord Patrick Brown. And no, I'm not kidding. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. And just like the other journalists there, I uh, followed the protesters as they marched for a good couple of hours to Albert Park. Over the next few days, I'll release a lot more of what happened on the march. I mean, like the stuff that you won't see in the mainstream media. But this report, I want to focus on how the police behaved as they trapped the protesters by the Albert Park Lake. So there's been numerous, quite intense, heavy-handed arrests here today. Um, We walked around for, there was probably a good uh, two hours where there was no arrest, no anything. It was quite peaceful until... I'm just going to stop here for a second. As you can see, I was just doing my job. There was no one even around me. The bloke marched up to me while I was doing a piece to camera. You can actually hear me laugh because I seriously thought he was joking. If you watch my content before, you'll know that sometimes 
cops walk up to me and, and banter a little bit, you know. I guess they like my work or they appreciate or they find it funny or they see my sense of humor and they join in. But I quickly realized that this power-hungry commander was not bantering. No arrest, no anything. It was quite peaceful until... They've got it! Mike here is not here for any purpose or reason. Honey, they've got it! arrest. But this guy here is going to be placed under arrest right now. Well, I'm under arrest. Daily media. I am media. I'm media. I've got my permit in my pocket. My permit is in my pocket. I'm fine, I'm fine. I've got my permit in my pocket. I work for Rebel News. I am lawfully here. I've got my I've got my permit in my pocket. So what is more shocking, folks, the fact that a journalist was physically assaulted by law enforcement for absolutely no reason, or the fact that this odious event did not happen in North Korea or Iran, but rather in a Commonwealth country such as Australia. Absolutely disgusting and disturbing. And joining me now with more on this shocking story is our newest rebel, Avi Yamini. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Avi. Thanks for having me, mate. It Good is a pleasure. Here. Glad to see you on board. Avi, let's cut to the chase. In recent days, we've seen a pregnant woman in her pajamas being handcuffed and arrested for stating on social media she was going to a protest. Likewise, a soldier had his door smashed in by law enforcement for making a similar pronouncement. And then last Saturday, you were tackled to the ground for absolutely no valid reason whatsoever. Avi, what the hell is going on in Australia right now? We're living in a police state here and it's, uh, it's scary to see how quickly um, your rights can just be eroded like that. And that a police state, you know, the people that are meant to serve and protect you suddenly um, gained some new powers all in the name, you know, under the pretense of fighting the virus, suddenly fighting their citizens. And that's what we're seeing here right now. And it is shocking. It is scary because I've been, you know, I've been to Hong Kong to cover those protests and I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that. You know, a, that's a journalist staggering. standing there doing a piece to camera, tackled to the ground. It's shocking. Yeah, you weren't giving any resistance. In fact, you were chuckling uh, when the uh, officer said uh, he was putting you under arrest, I, I, probably because you, you couldn't believe what you were hearing. So that was such an egregious overreaction, I thought. But, you know, Abby, I want to back it up a bit. What we didn't show in the clip was your journey uh, to the protest. And I saw something that had my jaw resting on the linoleum. You're pulled over by a COVID-19 checkpoint, and you have to show your permits, plural, for conducting journalism. I mean, Avi, for someone in Canada, someone in the U.S., we're just scratching our heads and going, what? Permits Mate, to practice uh, journalism? In, What's that about? Someone in Victoria, if you told me that three months ago, I would have been scratching my head going, there's no chance that that's going to be here in Melbourne, Australia in 2020. It's a kind of story you hear, um, you know, in, from this community, in the Jewish community here that I grew up in. It's, it's a very big uh, Holocaust survivor community. That's the kind of stories you hear from them, that you were only allowed to travel with documents to prove you're allowed to be in your own CBD. And as a journalist that you have to, pr you know, pr provide evidence that you're a journalist so you can go and cover a story in the CBD. It is craziness what is what is happening here. We're the only place in the world 
where our citizens are trapped. We've got no, no, we've got no right to movement anymore. The freedom of movement has been taken away from us. We're trapped here. There's no international flights coming in. You can't get out of Australia at the moment without a permit. Now, the permit's not easy to get. I'm an Australian-Israeli citizen. I have um, dual citizenship. I can't go back to Israel. My mum lives in Israel. All my, you know, I've got nephews and nieces, my brothers and sisters. I've got hundreds of thousands, thousands of cousins, really, in Israel. I'm not allowed to go there as an Israeli citizen because in Australia, they will not allow me to jump on a flight out of this country. They're locking us up literally in our homes. There's a curfew at 8 p.m. And just yesterday, it turns out that, you know, until now, the excuse has been that it is all under the direction of the chief health officer. Well, yesterday, the chief health officer said he didn't order the curfew, for example, the curfew specifically. He didn't order the curfew. So then the, the premier, Daniel Andrews here, who, who claimed it was, who, who's been saying all the way through that it's only under the health advice that they're, that they're enforcing these rules. He said, oh, no, no, that one was specifically to make the job for police easier um, to enforce the restrictions, which has two problems with it. One is, firstly, the police denied ever asking for it, so they didn't ask for it. And two is, well, that's a kind of argument uh, the CCP make. We're going to impose curfews to make it easier for law enforcement to 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 enforce these laws that are that take that strip you of all your rights in the first place. It is craziness. You know, and and Avi, I remember on on the video the 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 police officer said to you at one point, "You have no purposeful reason for being there." I mean. What, you need a purpose to go out in public in Australia these days? I mean, well, the well, purpose at the moment, yeah. is I want to be there. I, I, I'm i in a free country, ostensibly. What was that about? Well, I agree with the sentiment. Yes, I'm in a, a free country. I should be allowed to go anywhere. But at the moment, the COVID restrictions say you need to have a permit with a purposeful reason uh, listed on it as to why you're out of your um, – the rules at the moment is you're allowed to be only within 5Ks of your house – uh, one person at a time going to the supermarket. You're only allowed out for one hour a day to exercise. Anything beyond that, you need to have a permit. The thing is, I had the permit. I had the purposeful reason according to their dodgy guidelines, according to their overreach, I still complied. That's the crazy thing is I still complied. As a free person, I should be able to go to the city for anything. But in this case, I was complying to their draconian laws and still he argued with it because why? I'm the wrong kind of journalist. I'm the kind of journalist that criticizes this overreach. So he targeted me. You and know, that's where um, the fight is coming back. And everyone, jump on it. Stand, uh, I think it's standwithrv.com. We're going to take this fight further. And I'm so excited to be part of the Rebel team because that's what Rebel does is they actually – uh, fight for for their journalists because it, you know I have been in situations in the past. If, if people that have followed me for a while know, I have been arrested at protests before, and it's almost like unless you're unless you've got the backing to stand up and fight, you kind of got to cop it on the chin. And I think uh, the the police that day expected me to cop it on the chin because I have in the past just taken it, and uh, you know I've showed it to the world, but that's as far as it's gone. Mm. Well. Those days have ended. That's not as far as it's going to go this time.
Well, Avi, I can tell you this, now that you're on the Rebel team, our boss, Ezra Levent, he does not bend the knee. Three days before your arrest, I was arrested for practicing journalism in Brampton, Ontario. The cops were much more gentle with me when they uh, put me in the cruiser. But the uh, the thing is, uh, the end result of that arrest was a $65 uh, ticket for trespassing. And Ezra says... If it takes $65,000 to fight this, all the way to the Supreme Court, I love we him. will do so. I love and, you know, that leads me to another question, um, another Ezraism, if I will, uh, <laughs> Abby, I is it. that it <laughs> seems to us that around the world, governments of all political stripes, governments of all levels, uh, municipal, provincial, state, federal, Certain politicians, certain bureaucrats have gone a little taste of totalitarian power. And you know what? They love it. They kind of like that taste. Is that what you're picking up? Is that the vibe you're getting in Australia right now? Especially here in Victoria, in Melbourne, a hundred percent. And what I was saying to you a minute ago just proves it. The fact that till now they've used the excuse of blaming the health advice. Well, it turns out it's not health advice. It was made on the whim of of what we call dictator Dan here because he just makes up restrictions that really are just giving him more power. They get the taste for it and they're loving it. And it's a problem that if, if people don't stand up and fight it, well, what do you think is going to happen? Just use com- apply some common sense is what I what I tell people. You know, you got somebody that's obviously power hungry, and a lot of these, um, you know, premiers or state premiers or these politicians, they get into this into that industry because they want power. So the minute you've given them power, under the idea of fighting a health thing, you know, so they they're explaining to their their victims. Oh no, we're only taking the power to protect you. The minute they get that power, how hard do you think it's going to be for them to release it? And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Yeah. It's escalated as as COVID, as the evidence has come out to show us that maybe these lockdowns are not as helpful as we originally thought. Um, here, that's not translating on the street, on the ground. It, the, the, the lockdowns are escalating instead of loosening up and and trying to deal with the with the crisis in a more sensible um fashion and that comes down to exactly what you're saying they get a taste for the power and they're running with it folks that was avi yamini in melbourne australia what a fantastic addition to the rebel news team keep it right here more of rebel roundup to come right after this here with Rebel News and last Sunday I attended what I thought would be no doubt a peaceful protest with zero opposition at least publicly anyways but boy was I wrong. The March Against Trafficking protest started at 1790 Beach Ave in Vancouver, BC. Approximately 50 protesters marched around the area for around 20 minutes and returned back to the starting spot for organized speeches about human trafficking and pedophilia awareness. Surprisingly, even though saving children was the main theme of the event, the illogically angry left still couldn't resist trying to cancel the protest. They used their usual tired tactics of throwing out baseless labels all because people were coming together and using their voices in a way that doesn't parrot the rhetoric of the left. Take this guy here for an example. He saw it fit to interrupt one of the speakers named V and kick down a protest sign 
about missing children. Who does that? There were also a few others who publicly showed their disapproval for the group against human trafficking. I can't even believe I just said that sentence, but it's true. One woman, however, topped the cake as far as aggressive and emotionally charged behavior goes. Meet Karen and her social justice puppy. Maybe she's learned a thing or two from the Antifa groups. Just when you thought that the zealots who comprise the loony left couldn't get any loonier, <laughs> this occurs. Indeed, you would think a protest against pedophilia and human trafficking would transcend political boundaries. But no, such was not the case in Vancouver recently. And how bizarre, how disturbing is that? And joining me now to discuss this further is Drea Humphrey. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Drea. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Drea. Now, Drea, I think I watched your video four or five times. I was trying to make sense of it all. It wasn't the reporting, by the way. You did a great job. <laughs> it was just... It was that wild, unhinged Karen who seemed to be upset about anti-Semitism or transphobia. I, I mean, what in blue blazes was she rambling on about? And what is anti-Semitic or transphobic about people protesting pedophiles and human traffickers? Oh my goodness. I think the Kool-Aid they're drinking nowadays is just super strong or something <laughs> because... It, you know, she came out throwing every name of the book that she could come out with. And it's painful almost giving people like that attention. But you have to. You have to just show how ridiculous these social justice warriors from the left can be. And, you know, she said anti-Semitic. I think she was trying to say that because she felt that it was a QAnon event, which it wasn't. In fact, one of the speakers even said he wasn't a QAnon, that he had experienced or seen firsthand in Canada some horrible things with human trafficking. So, you know, she just came out and was just ready to do what the left does, which is label people to silence them. You know, so that's interesting. So that even though, you know, the people are standing up for a cause, like I said, that should transcend political boundaries, and I think it does, she just recognized some of those people as being not the kind of people that embrace all of her ideology. So that's why she was taking a stance against a just cause. Exactly. And I should clarify, I mean, even if you are a QAnon follower, that doesn't make you anti-Semitic. But I think she was saying because people say bad things about George Soros, that makes them anti-Semitic. It's just nonsense. And I don't know if you heard her bring up um, indigenous women dying and she said no one said anything about that but same thing the actual first speech uh, done by Tara Reeve who actually organized the protest she actually brought that up as part of 
you know, some of the things that have been sweeped under the ground. She actually said that. And then you have Karen coming from her nearby apartment with her dog, you know, ready to shut things down with her her stereo or whatever. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Drea. Uh, this is a note to all the loony leftists that uh, go to protests or stage counter protests or try to uh, destroy the practice of journalism. Uh, when you're wearing a mask and you're holding a sound box, <laughs> you know, your rambling sounds like this. <laughs> we can't. I mean, you're already unhinged and incoherent. When you bring in all that ambient noise, it just gets even worse. But seriously, Drea, I'm also thinking if it's not maybe uh, what we discussed, that she recognized people on the wrong side of the Ill ideological uh, scale that she disagreed. Could it be that some of these people, and I'm just uh, blue-skying here, there is a lunatic fringe that does want to make pedophilia legal. They even have a rebranding name for it. It's called intergenerational love. Is that maybe what these people are standing up against? Because, hey, listen, what other conclusion am I supposed to draw when you, uh, you know, counter-protest uh, a protest about uh, pedophilia and human trafficking? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I felt like there would be people who are against this type of protest, but never in a million years did I think they would go public with, <laughs> with their their complaints towards it. So yeah, there is, there, and that's something people need to be aware of. This is a real deal. Not only does human trafficking and pedophilia exist, we all know that, but there's actually this shifting to try to normalize it, and, you know, in TED Talks and in articles and and almost have us sympathize with, um, you know, those who suffer from pedophilia. So it, it's disgusting. And to have, I, I think some of the opposition, since there was four or five people, I would conclude that maybe, yeah, at least one of them probably has that. There was one gentleman who came up with sunglasses and uh, couldn't even articulate what his issue was with the speech that was being done, but he went right up to the speaker. Um, and, you know, it wasn't expected, so I couldn't even catch it all as fast as I would have liked to. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very disturbing. And so, too, are the stats you quoted in your report. 1.2 million children, and this isn't everybody, just children, trafficked each year. And then there was this, I thought, was a really staggering and disturbing statistic, uh, Drea. And I'm trying to understand why this is. According to Stats Canada, in a report from 2017, I believe, in the last decade, um, child pornography offenses had increased in this country by 233%. Drea, what's, what's driving that? Well, you know, I think obviously social media and how many kids are on social media and images and just how much people use social media is a big part of the problem. Uh, I'll never forget talking to a criminal lawyer one time and he said, you know, my kids will never, I'll never put a picture, even if they're fully closed on uh, social media, just from what I've had to see from the bad guys and what they collect and stuff like that. So I think there's things like that, but then you also have young kids not really understanding the risks of things and and being on things and putting things out there. So I don't know where they're getting all of their offenses are, but I think parents really need to 
be aware of this and be aware of how their kids are online and how they're perceived. Even simple things like, you know, your kids playing at the spray park is super innocent to you and to the wrong person, you know, it's something else, so. You know, I think you're really onto something too, Dre, and when you talk about children themselves uh, sharing, um, revealing photographs with all the social media platforms they do, it's so easy to do these days. One last question, uh, as one of the protesters noted in your report as well, um, she rhetorically asked, uh, where's the mainstream media covering this protest? CBC, Global, um, uh, CTV, and the like. Um, Drea, where were they? I guess this is nothing to see here, folks, for them? <laughs> no, there was nothing there. And actually, that was the second one. I ended up missing the first one, which I was disappointed to. So that was the second one. There was no mainstream media at the first one either. And that's a good question. I guess, you know, missing and enslaved children is just not at the front lines of what's important to them. Um, and then going back with that, in a way, back to social media again, I don't know if you know this, but... I'm sorry, I'm trying to hide a shadow here, but um, <laughs> Facebook also censors a lot of stuff to do with people advocating for people to understand how important this is. They even um, temporarily, I guess they've let it run now, but they even block the hashtag save the children. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so um, there's a lot of people complaining about how platforms like Facebook are actually shutting down people spreading awareness of this. So. Yeah, it's just not something on the tip of the tongues of the left. And, you know, they just parrot what they're told to parrot, really. Incredible. Save the children is somehow, in some way, offensive to the people at Facebook. You know, I wonder if we, I'm just trying to think of any kind of other protest to run, uh, maybe one in support of mother's milk or clean air or clean water. Would that bring out a counter protest too? This I, I world is mad, Drea. And uh, <laughs> thank you again, my friend, for um, jumping into the uh, the bosom of the madness to, uh, to, to cover it. Uh, like you said in your report, you never thought you were going to see a, a counter protest, but I guess, hey, Welcome to 2020, eh? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and there'll be more coverage of that to come. Fantastic. Drea, you have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. Got it. And that was Drea Humphrey in Vancouver. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Who's wasting resources? Did you guys come away from the shooting at the cemetery to tackle David Manzies? No, we're not. Pulled off the shooting, the shooting case? Who sent four cars? I don't know why you have to be so challenging, sir. All we're asking because I'm a journalist on a public property, that's why. They said that they've trespassed this man with the hat. They're liars. Well, I don't... I've got the form right here. Well, with all due respect, sir, uh, Giddy Mammon is my lawyer here today. Public property. This works on private property, mate. This is my law society card, okay, and I and I don't advise people to break the law, okay. I do, no, no, you 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 believe that I advise my clients to break the law, but I did not actually do that. I'm asking you to make a I understand that. I understand. That. Okay, we're not here to argue, but right. it's as simple as law. Right. It's as simple as this. You're not supposed to be here. They've told you to leave. You're not leaving. I'm telling you to leave. So you should leave. I think it's incredibly important that Stop. you know. I'm not talking to him. And I'm talking I'm to you. Talking to and him. I'm talking to you. you because you have to know this. I'm sir, talking sir, to you. After, you can talk to are you willing? Are you ready to leave now? I am not, sir. I am here to. I'm going to help you off the property. Let's go.
Well, he's under arrest. He's not under arrest. Well, well then, what, why are you touching me, officer? Why are you touching me? I will arrest you that's for assault. TPA, then. Let's okay. go. Well, that's assault. Well, I'm not under arrest, so you can't touch me, right? Are you wanting to leave, then? Arrest him or go away. You said that there's two options. Arrest him or go away, mate. Just arrest him. Okay, I'll arrest you for TPA, Okay. Let's do that. What do I do now? Would you like me to put hands Peel Regional Police, the Brampton's finest, arresting a journalist for trying to ask questions of the mayor. They're errand boys for the mayor. Can we back up? Peel Regional Police pulling their men off of a mass shooting at the cemetery. It's an officer safety issue. Don't lie. Please don't lie. Stop lying. You're at the back of my officers, my colleagues. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to the law, mate. You're not listening to the law. This is public property. There's a different standard for the Trespass Act take, in public property. Take it up a proper way instead of coming up here. Like, what's this no, getting? Why are you listening to a hand-scrawled note that's not even served? Does he have it in his hand? I could verbally ask you or tell you that you're not allowed on if, the property. If I didn't have the right to be here, he has the right to be here. Not when uh, agent of the property has asked you not to. Not on public property, mate. You're confusing private property with public property. We will. Look at this. Four cars and all you cops pulled off the shooting file. You someone, must be proud. Someone, think, someone right? has to decide. No, the courts have to decide. Yeah, and the right? courts can decide. That's but right. in the meantime, so if, this is, if, if you feel that this is the best way to de-escalate the situation, but then so be it. Five weeks in a row, is that not enough? They ha Have they disturbed five, anybody? Have five they bothered weeks. anybody? Have they destroyed any property? That's have they posed a threat? Sure it is. No, you're, it's if, not. if you're a security, is this, is this my first time being hold here? Hold on, let me, I, let me. I'm talking actually. So. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk. Go ahead. Okay. Feel free to this talk. This is the fifth time in a row. I understand that. Right? They are agents of the property, whether you like it or not. Right. This okay, is. I get. I get all this. I the arrested David Menzies. He's in the car right now. And welcome to the Democratic People's Republic of Brampton, Ontario, lorded over by the petty little lying liar, who almost became. Premier of the province, Lord Patrick Brown. How staggering was that scene, folks? We went to public property, namely the Earnscliff Recreation Centre, in the hope of scrumming that little lying liar. And three security SUVs and five police cruisers responded. You can almost imagine the emergency dispatcher calling all cars. Somebody's practicing journalism near a hockey rink. Please have the emergency task force on standby. What a joke. What a waste of police resources. And what an egregious crackdown on freedom of the press. In any event, here's what you had to say. Robin Brown writes, They don't arrest people for trying to derail a train, but they arrest people for exposing Patrick Brown corruption. Plain and simple. Well, that's right, Robin. Welcome to New Canada, where we have two-tier law enforcement based on identity politics. Di Persaud writes, The police seem to be the private security force for politicians instead of acting in the public interest. Well, you know, Di, it sure seems that way to us, too. And that's not how it's supposed to work. As this case winds through the courts in the months ahead, I can't wait for the disclosure to reveal whose greasy fingerprints are behind this flagrant misuse of law enforcement resources. Twatter54 writes, My girlfriend's home was broken into when she got home and she called the police fearing the robbers might be still inside. Took them 45 minutes to show up because they were busy 
I see why. Wow, Twatter54, what an awful story. I think your girlfriend should have claimed to be one of Patrick Brown's gal pals. Then the Peel Regional Police would have responded with a helicopter. Jimmy Matho writes, love Ezra. Canada is lucky to have such a patriot. Well, you know what, Jimmy? Uh, what's not to love? I received a $65 ticket as a result of that trespassing incident. And Ezra says we'll spend $65,000, if need be, to fight this egregious attack on free speech. How many executives in the mainstream media would ever show that kind of commitment to a cause? Well, I think the number rhymes with hero. And Jonathan Nadu writes, the last journalists in Canada are getting arrested for doing their job. Well, Jonathan, I don't know if we're the last journalists left in Canada, but you raise a good point. This should be a cause celeb. This should have created the proverbial media snowball with all media organizations taking a stance for freedom of the press. But with very few exceptions, that has not been the case. Look, I don't care if those in the mainstream media hate me or hate Ezra or hate Rebel News. That's fine. But they should love freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and freedom of the press. Gee, I guess when you owe your existence to a government bailout, maybe those freedoms aren't so important anymore for those in the media who are now merely trained SEAL ideologues. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.